Hi yogis, welcome back to another episode of uh, Run Yogi Diaries. This is your host Santosh Shiva. I hope you had a wonderful week and you also got some time to play, swim, bike, run, whatever is your thing. Every week I bring you conversations with people who are on a journey of well-being and endurance. I hope they spark some possibility in you, leave you with some tips and perhaps some inspiration to perspire. In the house today is someone who defies aging someone who's been running for over 40 years she epitomizes living in joy at 75 she still runs 30 miles a week and completes half marathons routinely we get behind the scenes on how she does it all and why let's welcome shirley sheen hey shirley welcome to run yogi diaries i feel welcomed <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for uh you know thanks for being here. Uh you know you uh you've been a runner and a fit athlete for a long time. So we have a lot to learn about and hear about uh from your journey. But before that, uh maybe I'll let you do a quick uh personal introduction and then we'll jump in. Okay. Okay, well, I am Shirley Sheehan. I um have lived in the Bay Area since 1970. I have uh lived in this condo, my little condo for uh almost 40 years and I've been retired for 11 years and that's been phenomenal. So I um I am healthy, 75 year old and just uh, uh I I guess one of my favorite words is joie de vivre and I feel like I have it in my life and I'm fortunate. Nice. Is that French? It is. Because it is. It's French. We'll get do, do you speak that. French? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. And uh, you've been retired for 11 years. Wow, you know when I grow up that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Like what you're doing, leading an active, healthy life and uh uh without the stress of, you know, work and job and 9 to 5 and all that stuff. What did you do before uh before you retired? I worked for uh an insurance company the last 17 years Fireman's Fund. and uh handled litigation claims and hazardous waste environmental claims so it was very challenging nice. and i was very happy to leave it behind <laughs> and retire <laughs> nice absolutely beautiful all right hey so we are here we are uh, to talk about your um, uh running journey your fitness journey and uh, so maybe we should do a bit of a flashback and in your case it would be a, a flashback almost 40 years back right uh because you've been at it for a while so how did it all start i mean were you someone who were always athletic or you know give us a sense how did it all start well when i um moved from the um marin county to my condo in contra costa i um i it was in uh, the late um uh, or no the early 80s and i also started working in san francisco uh and so i commuted on bart but i met a friend by the name of karen and karen and i started running together and uh our first run was the beta breakers so we had done some training i had done some limited running but um uh i she she got me into the beta breakers which was um 
still one of my favorite races. Uh, it is, it actually, I used to think it was beta, like um, alpha beta, but it's actually bay two breakers. And it's seven and a half miles. And it's in historic San Francisco, which um, engendered a love of San Francisco for me and the city. And uh, so, in fact, I remember that she even had a pasta party one night and I had just gotten a new puppy and she says, oh yeah, Jasper can come. So I brought Jasper because I was living in the East Bay and she's uh, in San Francisco and brought Jasper in. We had our pasta party with a number of friends and did the uh, the beta breakers and uh, all the beautiful parts of San Francisco. Um, and uh, ending up in, in those days, it ended in the polo grounds, and it was it could be very cold, but it was still it was San Francisco, and the love of San Francisco started then. So, and what prompted you? I mean, was it just just like that, just a random choice to run this, or was it something brewing in the background? Well, I don't know. Uh, I, I I know working in San Francisco, it was a huge event in San Francisco. And it started in the Wall Street of the West, right in the financial district where I worked. So yeah, you, you couldn't help but not know about it and and be, um, for me, energized by it. And, and you wanted to have it on your bucket list, or I wanted to have it on my bucket list. So yeah, we did it a number of times, and then she moved away. But uh, it was uh, she was a, a catalyst, and I'm very grateful for Karen. So, all right. And isn't isn't Beta Breakers the one that uh, allows people to also run without clothes? Uh, yes, but uh, I've often thought that many of them are not pre-approved. <laughs> yes, they there are. In fact, there are a lot of Elvises dress up because a lot of people dress up for it. So okay, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a famously infamous for that, right? At least for folks who don't live in the San Francisco Bay Area, that's what we hear about Beta Breakers. Yeah, that oh, that's the one that allows you to <laughs> run full Monty. <laughs> and I I talked my brothers into doing it a number of years, and we would go in costume. I even talked them into doing. You know, you've ever heard of the game Red Rover, Red Rover. Well, it's it's Red Rover, Red Rover sends somebody over and then they have to go through your arms entwined and break it. But anyway, we were uh, the Red Rovers and we had names on the back of our our, um, our our backs. And then people, when they passed us, they would have to say Red Rover, Red Rover. May we pass through? <laughs> so, But there's All been right. a number of costumes along the way. It's been a lot of fun. And, you know, uh, that's like early 80s, right? And um, yes. so uh, you've probably seen the running uh, scene evolve uh, over so many years. But back then, was running, like, was it even a thing the way it is today? I mean, now, now you have like 10 millions of people out no, there running. No, they didn't have the bazillion types of shoes and all that. You just uh, you you just uh, went to the store and got one one type of shoe and you didn't have to worry about... Uh, style or otherwise you just uh, you wanted comfort so yeah simpler simpler days and, and then what happened so you did the beta breaker and did you kind of um, continue to push push and do longer distances or did you want to go faster what what was it like for you well as a matter of fact um one of the catalysts for that was uh one of my friends on a softball team amy 
And we would go to softball practice and we would always be the fastest. And she was like 10, 15 years younger than me. So anyway, but she approached me one uh, one time and said, you know, we're the fastest on this team. We should do a half marathon. So it was amazing. So that was a unique and wonderful friendship. And I'm still friends with her to this day. But what, what happened was we trained for a half marathon in 1987. That's when we started for that and the half marathon. And I will tell you that when we did our first 10 miles, we were so darn proud. We wanted to wear a sandwich board sign saying we had just done 10 miles. So then we do the San Francisco half marathon. And then she has an opportunity to move to Hawaii and do some house sitting and some other, um, actually she ended up getting her master's degree over there, but she had an opportunity to move there in early 88. So she did that. And that's when I referred to the time when I started getting poison pen letters from her. What that was is she had hooked up with a marathon clinic in, in Honolulu and she wanted me to do the December 10th, coincidentally, 33 years from today, uh, uh, half marathon, or the marathon. And I resisted, and then I, I fractured a finger. So that was in um, the spring of 88. Uh, but the, the, the finger healed. <laughs> and I finally decided this is an adventure. This is an opportunity, and I have to do it. So I found um, a marathon training schedule, and I didn't have any uh, buddies to train with, so I trained on my own. But I'm, I'm a pretty disciplined person, and I was looking forward to this, and I wanted to be able to sustain and to um, finish the race. So I did that, and I uh, got my tickets, and... Um, arrived and we had the early 5:30 start of the race because it gets very hot there. So, but it was an incredible experience, and it also uh, moved me to a, a point where you don't know who's going to motivate you or who you're motivating. At mile 20, I told Amy and Jenny that I couldn't talk anymore. I was done. I was just going to finish the race. And then I felt like they were a shoulder ahead of me, and I was trying to keep up with them that last six miles, and I was gosh darn not going to let them get ahead of me. When I told them after the race that they pulled me along, they said, oh, no, you pulled us along. So it's it's unique perspective. I thought they were pulling me along and they believed I was pulling them along. So I guess the message there is keep on, keep on running. <laughs> You're, yeah. You've got it. You, you, you never know who you are uh, pulling or well, inspiring. And it was right? a really interesting part of uh, the Honolulu Marathon at that time. 50% of the people that were signed up for it were from Japan. And they had a T-shirt or otherwise exchange in Kapiolani Park. And 
Amy had already told me that this was so popular that I should bring my, bring my Beta Breakers t-shirts and that would, that would be able to get me something that was uh, pretty valuable to the Japanese. So I have a, a little kimono that is a, a, like a night uh, shirt that is amazing that I still have to this day. Wow. And I was able to barter to get that. Everybody had their little loot in a little pile, and you'd, you'd uh, carry on to look at other people's loot and bring your loot and try and get what you could get. And it was, it was, it was really fun. Awesome. And how, how was the marathon itself from a running experience? Was it, was it uncomfortable uh, from um, running, going from a half marathon all the way to a 26.2? Well, you know, what's interesting is I, I did it in four and a half hours and we stopped at bathrooms along the way because I didn't know how long it was going to take. And we took our time and we, I think we, uh, we speeded up more towards the end but I, I just, I, it was, it was a great experience and I loved, I loved uh, the whole route. It was beautiful. I will tell awesome. you that I was told, uh, told when I was training that along the course, there would be my ties along the course. <laughs> and that was a lie. <laughs> and even if there were, I would not have consumed him because my overriding goal was to finish and finish feeling good. And I wasn't going to have anything uh, to jeopardize that. So, yeah. And, and then, and then what happened? So you did the first marathon and did you just sign up for the next one immediately or did you take some um, time off? That, that, um, leads me to uh, somebody else that motivated me. And that was mm. my cousin, Steve. I did the marathon in 88 and he's he, at the time he was living in St. Paul, Minnesota. He's my Kansas cousin. So mm. um, my, my Kansas cousin. So he heard about me doing the marathon. So there was a, he started doing a lot of marathons and then we kept in touch and then he was really pretty fast, but we decided, or he, he offered to do a number of marathons with me and help pace me so that I can qualify for Boston. So um, that, was, that was huge. So um, I think it was 1997 or 96, I did grandma's in Duluth. And that was phenomenal a point to point along the the shore and it was gorgeous and i didn't make the cutoff then because i'd had like a couple months earlier a month with plantar fasciitis so um it it inhibited or it, it held back on my training but the following year i went to twin cities and that was a great race with steve to flat but beautiful and lots of lakes and I came in a couple minutes under four hours which was enough um, to qualify and uh, in 1998 I did my first Boston and wow so like in about 10 years you went from yes, yeah. a 430 to a sub four right and uh, qualified for a marathon I mean a Boston and and, and um, I mean Boston timings have been 
uh, shrinking uh, oh, I know. in the years, I, right? I, it it <laughs> may, may have been harder for me to qualify. Yeah. So I, but there were, there were less people. It wasn't, I mean, yeah, I, it was on my radar, but it wasn't on as many people's radars like it is now. So. Yeah. But you got it done and you, you, yeah. you, you got faster in, in yeah. 10 years. Right. And so how and, was Boston? And then marathon? I also did the Napa marathon and qualified and did it, did Boston again in 2000. So. Wow. So how was the first uh, experience running Boston? How was that for you? It was uh, one of the best running experiences of my life. I loved that we were bussed out to what they call the athlete's village. That made me feel good. Um, I didn't love the weather because I am, I am cold phobic, but I, I love the camaraderie. It was, it was, I remember it being kind of not somber, but um, a quiet people were just kind of preparing and, you know, it wasn't a lot of roughhousing or, or, or it wasn't, it, it was just a calming experience. Um, the one thing that frustrated me is I wanted to do it in under four hours. And when I started for my corral, I was like uh, almost two minutes because it took a while to get to the start from the corral. It, it was uh, almost two minutes. But the, uh, the Heartbreak Hill was going to get me anyway. So I managed to make it up by Wellesley, and I was on my target of nine minutes. But the heartbreak hill, which is like, it's like a couple miles of uphill. But the good thing for both the marathons, uh, Boston marathons, is my brother was able to be a rabbit and join me at Wellesley and run with me the whole way. And I also remember at Wellesley that a woman yelled out to me, you'll remember this race for the rest of your life. And indeed, I do. And it was uh, phenomenal. Wow. So. And and I, I guess, uh, you know, uh, back in the late 80s and all the way up to late 90s, I'm, 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 I'm assuming that the women participation was just about beginning to increase, right? Uh, it was not like, maybe when you started, it was not like, uh, it wasn't the most popular thing for women to go out and run marathons, correct? Is that a, is that, is that a fair thing to say? I, to tell you the truth, I didn't notice the number of women that were running. I was just happy I qualified, so I can't really <laughs> comment on that. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I know it's hugely popular for everyone. I'm on a, um, a San Francisco racing team, Impala racing team, and there's lots of them that, that are qualified to go to Boston. And so. Oh, terrific. And then, so 2000, we are, we've done the Boston. And uh, what next? Did did you did you uh, kind of pivot into longer distances, or what was going on in your mind as as you were um, figuring out what next? I I I was very I was fine with the 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 marathon distance. What I would like to talk about is a shorter distance that challenged me, and that I was introduced to someone in a group that that allowed me to experience. Um, the Dipsy Trail. So I I worked for Fireman's Fund, and one of the paralegals had just done uh, a marathon, and so I wanted to meet up with her. So the next time I was in the home office, I I I talked to her, and she was training and and doing the um, 
the Dipsy Trail with this, what they called Bob and Rick Fun Runs. And Bob and Rick know Contra Costa and Marin County Trails backwards and forwards, but they were elite at getting uh, or at, at doing the training for the Dipsy and all of the uh, shortcuts and all that. And, and about so, so say, say, say a little bit about what Dipsy is for the audience, you know, just give us a little bit of a background of what it is and what got you excited about it. Well, it's very challenging. It's seven and a half miles. It starts in Mill Valley and you start in downtown Mill Valley, you head up and then you very quickly get to 752 steps. Hmm. Then you go up to an elevation, which is what called Cardiac Hill and up to a, a, a plateau that looks over the ocean and you've gone up about 1500. And then okay. you go the last two and a half miles into Stinson Beach. So it's a point to point. But okay. it's very challenging and exquisitely beautiful and hard to get into the Dipsy. They only allow 1,500 people. And you have to be mm. either invitational, buy in, um, get, have the first 750 um, of the sign up, um, or lottery. Or lottery. So, but Bob was really good about getting all of our applications and then driving to Mill Valley Post Office and getting our names in. So I did Dipsy eight times, and one of the times I was invitational. So I was hugely proud of that because that is a challenge. So you get invited uh, based on your past performance. Is that how it is? I got um, invitational based on one performance that uh, qualified me uh, crossing the finish line. And by the way, Dipsy is one of the few races that is, uh, you have various starts based on your age and sex. Mm -hmm. So uh, at age 75, I would get a huge head start, like about 15 minutes head start. So. And if you're younger, a younger kids, you get a head start. So there, there have been um, seventy-five or seventy-year-old women uh, who have won the Dipsy, and even a fifteen-year-old girl that won the Dipsy. So it depends on training and and how you <laughs> run the shortcuts. And uh, actually, you got to have a little bit of uh, fearlessness or a lot of <laughs> so. So when you say shortcuts, what does that mean? Do you uh, like? Uh, do you have? Is it is it like an adventure run? Like you have to figure no, out the route. No, it's a trail, but there's actually a short called shortcut area called suicide. So mm -hmm. if you don't take suicide, which is really like, um, there were times when I took that the shortcut where I thought I was going to be on my bum. I managed to stay upright, but some people okay. end up on your bum, and, and if you don't do the shortcut. It's a longer route. You have to go around and and down. So, mm. and Bob knew a lot of the shortcuts. So he was able to show us some of the shortcuts, which were um, legal. <laughs> okay. So it's almost like, um, it's, it's not just a, you know, a prescribed route that everybody just runs. Uh, if you have the smart, so if you know the route, you can, take a detour and still 
get ahead, no, right? You, it's you don't honor. call it a detour. <laughs> <laughs> no, detour sounds sounds fishy. <laughs> so uh, just shortcuts that were um, authorized, and and they do have people along the route so um, that monitor it. So it's a different kind of a race. Yeah, it's right? handicapped it's, is what you'd say, how it starts off. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Terrific. Then, uh, so this is like um, in the mid uh, 2000s and you're running Dipsy, you're running marathons. Did you continue running marathons uh, every year or? I, I ultimately, I did eight marathons. So, okay. Okay. And the, the last marathon I did was in Los Angeles where I grew up. And so I went, I ran from the uh, ballpark to the ocean and I thought that was epic. And um, that one was a little bit, that was my most challenging marathon because I got a little cold before I started. So I didn't mm-hmm. feel so good. And it was the, took me the longest, uh, understandably because I'm not feeling good, but I'm going to finish it. So. What year was that? Um, that was mm, maybe ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Years ago. It's, it's been a while. I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing a lot of half marathons, and I'm very happy with that on my uh, calendar. I do not. I will not be putting a marathon on my calendar. So you did your last marathon when you were in your mid sixties, right? Uh, it was ten years ago, and and you've been. At it, you've been running, and you've been running half. I mean, half running half marathons is not a joke. It's not to be taken lightly, and you've been doing that for the last ten years, right? And so, so uh, how does how how have you kept yourself um, healthy, you know, and, and injury free? Because that's for for a lot of people who are you know aging, you know, beyond their fifty fives, mid fifties. One of the biggest concerns is how do I keep myself uh, injury free or, uh, how, how, how have you tackled that? Well, I, <clears throat> I guess I understand that there are going to be injuries. Hmm. So I, I don't know if you can, as a runner, be injury free, but I think hmm. the important thing is when you are injured to pay attention. When I hmm. had my plantar fasciitis, I went to the clinic and there were 17 of us in the clinic. And the doctor said, if you do everything I say and follow the instructions and, and, and do the stretching exercises, um, most of you are going to be fine. So mm-hmm. I did. I was religious. I, I bought the orthotics. I did not go barefoot for two years. So, and, and part of that I learned from my dad. and. The Honolulu Marathon, that was his birthday, December 10th. Today, today he would have been 100 years old. He died six years ago. But I learned it from my dad. I went down um, when he was uh, 80 years old. He had just had a knee knee replacement. And when when he was given all the instructions and the physical therapist came, he was religious in doing all of the exercises. And I knew that that was crucial, particularly when I fractured my wrist and they had to put a, a rod in. I knew my major, right major hand, if I didn't do all the exercises, I was not going to get back. So I was really, I had a booklet and I wrote down every exercise I did, the number of times I did it. And 
it's, how did you break your hand was was it in running it was running uh in the oakland hills and it was on a flat area just a little a uh, little something i went down hard and uh, mm. they um ambulanced me from uh berkeley to uh walnut creek and it was uh, that was my hardest injury and that was uh, 2012 so so that uh, you know um i just want to call out that some gold there right in terms of uh, taking care of yourself diligently and maybe almost you know proactively uh is is a key to staying active throughout it's not like you're you're going to be injury free you will have injuries but i think what you're saying and what you're saying from your wisdom is that when you see a little bit of niggling pain or something go attack it get it pamper it you know uh, heal it so it doesn't become worse right that that's really what that what's been your approach right i i i um had a piriformis strain um a couple times last year and it came back and i've been going to a chiropractor i've been doing my exercises and it's uh, but i'm still i have a uh, a woman i'm working out with she's got a group that uh, she uh, she's fantastic um mary welton and uh, I, but I have to pay attention and I'm not doing burpees right now because <laughs> I don't want to do the pivot off of that piriformis, which is the, uh, under the right yeah. hip. So, uh, I got, I still have to, to pay attention to that, but I can run fine. And I, I think I'm 95% still going to the chiropractor, but like once every four weeks. So, yeah, that's, it, it's crucial. And I also want to say that what I fell in love with, four years ago, and I had no idea, um, was a, a fitness, uh, weight training and mm-hmm. core training. Mm-hmm. And it was also a, a sisterhood. It was a woman's gym and she created an environment of all, everybody works together. Everybody supports each other. And my core strength has improved significantly and i always knew as a runner that i needed something besides running so mm. i that's that's been a fabulous addition to my head strength heart strength and core strength yeah makes sense that that makes a lot of sense and and what about um, motivation uh, have you ever had to deal with you've been at it for this long right uh, have you ever had to deal with lack of motivation and you know the days where uh, gosh why am i doing this kind of a deal how do yeah, you well so i have however i have a lot of running buddies and uh, mm. uh in the last um, five five years with this kaya i've met kaya fit and mary welton i've met a lot of runners and so we have we have routines we run uh, f- f- four times a, a, a week and so we keep each other uh, we keep each other um yeah motivated yeah so you don't feel like you want to miss out and it's not just that you don't want to miss out on something so yeah and so how, how many miles do you run in a week nowadays probably 25 to 30 and 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 wow that's amazing So. That's amazing guys at 75 being able to do 30, 25 to 30 miles I don't think you can ask for anything more <laughs> 
that's pure bliss yeah right i i think you know i always think that uh as a runner it's almost like a blessing it's like hey i run because i can yeah uh, because my body works you know mm-hmm. and so uh at 75 being able to do that that's a super blessing you know it's just yeah. you know you could have all the money in the world you could have all the wealth in the world but if your body is not functioning man it's 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 uh you know so it's a blessing so awesome that's terrific well and uh when i was working out with mary welton in a group uh and they were celebrating my 75th birthday they said well what do you, what do you attribute it to? And uh, it's the sisterhood, and I'm just fortunate to be out there. And mm. you know, I everybody goes through problems, and there were a, a number of years when I was not ready to run or ready to have that. But runner's high is there, and I'm I'm just fortunate to run. And I also t- said. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know I could be this happy, and and mm. it, it's it's pretty cool to feel to have have health, have a running group, have have exercise. Those runners high is is legitimate. So, and yeah. and a sisterhood and 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 folks that you run with are it's really important. Yeah. Uh, what about um, nutrition? Uh, have you had to? change that over the years uh, I, I i mean a because there's been so much more literature around nutrition for athletes and recreational athletes so uh, have you had to kind of change that over the years well in in the last 5 years or so um because that is something when i started the core workouts that was a part of the core part of this this um workout place is nutrition and it's really the first time i i had it discussed often i i've been pretty good about my diet but this made me more vigilant more focused on protein and less Mm. carbs and um I have more fruit. I'm still working on the vegetables. I, <laughs> that seems to be harder for me to, to throw in, but I, I, I know that's really important. But I, I have my protein and less carbs. And, and Okay. No, not, so nothing, a lot, nothing a, a, exotic. Lot of, a lot of fruit. So I'm eating a lot more yeah. fruit because that seems to be something that I enjoy more. So Yeah. And, and what about supplementation? Do you do, you, do, you do supplementation? Of like, uh, I oh, well, I just take um, vitamin the vitamins, vitamins. that uh, are yeah. necessary. Um, so right, so so nothing, nothing very exotic. Keep it simple, you know. Uh, eat light, eat eat healthy, pro, you know, good proteins, right? Uh, low on sugar, you know. That's yes. what I'm hearing. Yeah, that, and, that's and, and, that's a huge huge deduction. I, yeah. I'm always trying to to reduce that because that's one of the uh, things that is makes me does, makes me feel uh, well not light and not um, um, buoyant or uh, energetic. Yeah, so it takes yeah. away. So I know that, but I still have a little bit of a sweet tooth. So <laughs> don't. Of course, we all do, right? I was just we about to say, do. don't we all? But I don't want to <laughs> make a. You don't assume. <laughs> Yeah, we we fight that urge mm-hmm. because uh, 
sugar is sugar is the legal drug right it's a legal mm-hmm. drug <laughs> it gives you that high i also i also want to say something because it's i i mentioned the joie de vivre i went uh-huh. to europe in 2019 and i went on a bike and barge tour that left from paris and went to some of the smaller towns and that was one of the best trips of my life as well, because we'd bike 25 to 30 miles a day, and then I'd find a place to run three or four miles, and it would always be the fork in a road or someplace that I could just explore the city. Mm. And, and that was amazing. And to bring that back to me in, in California, not even California, but um, in my running, I no longer say good morning or how are you doing? I say bonjour. Hmm. In fact, there is a nine mile um, um, run in Emerald Bay that Mm -hmm. it's an out and back. And along that way, I was saying bonjour to everyone. And on the way back, one of the gals said to me, are you the bonjour lady? (laughs) So I'm always happy when I do throw up my bonjour that I get a bonjour back, but it's not necessary because it makes me feel good. So, yeah. So did you take on uh, uh, cycling as well uh, during, during this course of your journey? Did you pivot also into a little bit of long? I, um, early on when I was still living in Marin, I did the Tiburon triathlon. Um, which was a little chilly. And then my brother and I did in 1993, the Tin Man, which is a a quarter of an Ironman. And that was very fun. But I I had in my condo, my bike stolen a couple of times and I just never replaced it. And so it was fun doing the bike and barge, but I am not doing any triathlons now. So. And I, I loved my experience on that with my one of my best friends from uh, the Bay Area. So lovely. And you've been placing recently, right? In the races that you run, uh, I saw on Facebook uh, you've been running a few races recently, and you've been placing. So uh, you're you you're fast for you for whatever for you're my doing. Age. Well, you know, to tell you the truth, I've been placing since. Um, uh, the you know for for maybe twenty years, but more in the last five year five years first place in my age category. So uh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's it, it's it's pretty fun. But I I guess and it also just makes me feel how fortunate I am because I also know not that many are running. But gosh, you'd help. I'm still running. So yeah, but yeah, I I feel I'm. I, I feel fortunate, and it, it is always fun to come in and get a little extra medal. Or in one time, I got a hundred dollar bill, so nice. uh, I came in first place at the Livermore half half marathon. So, right, Be, going pro while while you're in retirement, <laughs> you know, you get some sponsorships now, right? Uh, <laughs> Terrific. So, so what's next uh, on on your on the horizon for you? Well, I just want to continue to be open to 
taking different roads. I, I can't, I can't just go the same route all the time. Uh, we all also, there's an, uh, 12 of us that are signed up for a Ragnar. Do you know what okay. a Ragnar is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and we, I've done three Ragnars already. So this one is uh, a turnover from last year. So it's in Southern California. It's Huntington Beach to San Diego. And we'll do that in um, April of next year. And then 10 of us have signed up for the Yosemite Half Marathon. Nice. And this is an unusual marathon in that it describes itself as an easy marathon. And some may have trouble with the adjective easy and half. It's not a marathon. It's a half marathon. So, but, but it's in Bass Lake and it's very slight elevation gain. So we're all looking forward to that. We've got an Airbnb and we're all going to have a great time. I've already signed up for the beta breakers and there's a number of us that are going to do that. And that will, that will be fun. So. Beautiful. And for the audience, uh, you know, talking about Ragnar, it's basically a, a group, a group run that you do point to point. It's what, 120 miles around? How, how long is it? It's it's what they refer to it as 200-ish. 200-ish, so okay. It's 200 uh, miles, uh, two vans, six in each mm-hmm. van. You start at O-Dark Friday morning and finish up three or four in the afternoon, depending on how fast your group is. It's continuous running. You pass the baton. It's very safe. During the night, you have the gear that that protects you and that so you can be seen. And they have good markings. And it's, it's, yeah, you literally no sleep. And yet we, I've done three and I'm going to do another one because it's just, it's a, it's another sisterhood. It's another way to uh, connect. Yeah, yeah, and that's what life's about—connecting. Yeah, beautifully said. That—that's uh, that's so so beautifully said. Terrific. So, hey, um, you know, Shirley, we 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 covered quite a bit of ground. I know uh, forty minutes is not enough to cover forty years, but I think we captured some highlights, some defining moments, and clearly, it's something that you've enjoyed. There's a lot of joy. We can hear it in your voice. We can hear it. We can see it. Uh, that uh, you you know it it brings you a lot of joy. It, it's keeping you alive, uh, a sense of aliveness. So uh, we do wish that you keep uh, at it for a long time. And um, we're coming to the last part of our conversation, uh, where I do a fun Q and A round with my guests. So um, are you ready for that? Sure. Okay. So fun questions. I won't put you in trouble. <laughs> okay. Okay, so here we go. Okay. So my first question, which is my favorite question that I ask all my guests is, I know we're all runners and, uh, you know, there's a stereotype of runners, right? Uh, That we all eat healthy, we're always staying fit. But I think I want to know, what's your favorite junk food? Uh, Something you indulge in. Something chocolate. (laughs) Uh, actually, I, yeah, ice ice cream, ice cream would would probably be it. <laughs> and that would be an indulgence. I, I throw in a few cookies here and there. I'm I'm my dad's <laughs> daughter. Yeah, <laughs> it's just coming. 
I think yeah, I think the list right. is list so is getting I longer. I can, I can keep it at that. So yeah, no, I uh, I try and limit them, and yeah, I've got cookies in the in in the cabinet now. They're blonde Oreos and four for 140 calories. They're really thin, so I, I like it satisfies a little bit of my sweet tooth. Right. So cookies, it is. That's your favorite junk. Yeah, cookie. Yeah, cookies. Okay, cookies, it is. Okay, uh, a book that's inspired you in your journey, or or a person. You know, if if, if you don't, if you're not much of a person who reads too much, then a person well, or a movie. My most recent inspired uh, runner is Camilla Badowski. She, hmm. um, I met her uh, through my workout group, and we connected because she likes taking the road less travel. She likes. Um, um, being spontaneous. She likes signing up for crazy races. And so, and she likes going up hills and I like going up hills. So, <laughs> yeah. So she's, uh, she's been an inspiration. Camilla. Camilla. Okay. Do you, do you enjoy music? I do. Okay. In fact, I, I remember now that, um, one of the races I had, um, they oh, a, a lot of the races, the Beta Breakers, the Wharf to Wharf, um, they all have music along the way, and sometimes ABBA, sometimes Jimmy Buffett. So yeah, I I, I go with the uh, I went to Europe in 1974 and was introduced to ABBA, and they're uh, they they are one of my favorite groups. Okay, actually that was my question. What is your favorite genre of music? So. It seems like it's that ABBA. Jimmy Buffett. I mean, it's it's the type of music where you can't keep sitting. You've got to stand up and dance. Yeah. So. All right. Mamma Mia. Uh, sorry? <laughs> well, uh, ABBA. Mamma Mia. <laughs> Mamma Mia. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, uh, no. the next one. Next question. Um, what is What do you prefer, sunrise or sunset? Mornings. Sunrise Mornings, person. Absolutely. I, um, it's, yeah, I, I will go to bed early because I can't wait to get up early and uh, get a run or get the day on or start reading or, uh, yeah. So absolutely. Right. I've been a morning person. And um, last question. So if uh, we decided to make a movie of your life, uh, A, what genre? would you put that movie in? And B, uh, who would you like to play your role? Which actor? Uh, so the, one of my favorite, I don't know if this is the exact answer to your question, one of my favorite movies is Serendipity. And I believe okay. in serendipity. And there's been a, no, a number of, of times when that has happened in my life. It's just been uh, rewarding. Um, uh, one of my favorite actresses is Kate Beckinsale. So I think she could do, she doesn't have the, the blondish hair, but I think she, uh, she would be, I, I've always liked, well, and she was in Serendipity. So <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> okay. So she's the one you'd like to play you. And so Serendipity was what? Drama? What genre of movie would that uh, be? It was um, Love Story. Love Story. Okay. Romance. Rom-com. Rom yeah. Rom yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. my, yeah. That's your thing. All right. Great. So, hey, thanks for 
being a sport, we learned a few more things in the process uh, about you. Uh, so uh, we're coming to an end of this conversation and uh, uh, want a bit of wrap up here. I want to give you the last word. Any message for our audience? Keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> Keep moving. Uh, and don't be afraid to take um, a side road, a fork in the road, and, mm. and uh, be open. Yeah, that was one of my words of the year. Be open. Be open to adventure. Lovely. Be open to adventure. That's beautiful. Love that. Uh, and uh, clearly, your, your, your life is, uh, uh, you know, testimonial for that. All right, uh, Shirley, I uh, really appreciate you sharing your uh, life and wisdom here with us. I uh, uh, wish you continued uh, health and success in your running journey. Uh, we'll keep an, keep an eye on your uh, adventure. Uh, let you go out and enjoy the rest of the evening. I'll let you go. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.